successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today and every week on 980 AM. And also on iTunes via podcast if you're listening on your phone today or if you're listening online at GrillNationShow.com. We greatly appreciate you joining us today for another exciting episode of the Grill Nation Show. Before we get to our guests, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the show. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation Show include the KCADC, that's the Kansas City Area Development Council, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. He's a guest host and on-air contributor. And Port KC, who joins us every other month. And today we're actually going to be joined in our first two segments uh, with our first guest today. Uh, Joe Perry is uh, joining me. He's the Vice President of Development at Port KC. And after Joe, we're going to have on some people from Studio Build, a great little company here in Kansas City. They do all kinds of really cool stuff. Their website is studiobuild.com. They're located in the crossroads. But first up today is Joe Perry, like I mentioned, from Port KC. The website is portkc.com. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Jason. It's great to have you on the show. Um, I, uh, I'm really excited about the partnership that we have uh, with Port KC. We have had John Stevens come on and talk about uh, local projects, but I'm really excited to talk to the person in development here. Who, uh, who's been around for a while and who has seen a lot of changes. First off, give us a uh, brief over- overview about your background and your uh, your work so far in the Kansas City community. Well, thanks, Jason. About eight years ago, I was able to snag a really good job that was just one of my dream jobs. I had worked in the, both the private sector and the public sector in the world of development and planning for my mm-hmm. whole career. So when I was starting to get a lot of gray hair, I was able to land at a place in the middle of recession where a lot of people in my business didn't have a job. So with Port KC, I saw an opportunity to bring entrepreneurialism that I had learned in the private sector Mm -hmm. in the development world to a public purpose developer Mm -hmm. and to try to do something with the riverfront that I had touched in my career many times working for the private sector and the public sector both. Mm -hmm. So it was a good opportunity for me just to take the skills I had with a little bit of uh, great uh, teaching I had from a guy named David Gale who taught me the land development business and take a a piece of ground that people have been working on since the 70s and was really vertical ready but had nothing going on it. So that was the intrigue for me as a professional to go back to the uh, public sector and take a job with a public purpose developer like Port KC and and apply my skills and see if we can make something happen and make vertical development on the riverfront. That's awesome. I am noticing you're a Mizzou grad as well, and was a Sipmakai. I was a Sipmakai as well, and a SLU grad, but went to Mizzou Law School. So I like both of those things. 
So well, those, those are good points. <laughs> I always like to point out I have a degree from KU too, but you do. You, you uh, really... my first degree is MU, so I call it loyalty in the first degree, right? There you go. Um, so you have a lot of uh, real estate, a lot of development background. Um, you know, the port, uh, which used to be called the uh, Port Authority, correct? And then there was correct. a rebrand to Port KC. The website is portkc.com. You know, like you said, I mean, the history is, is unique. I mean, nothing really was happening except for the shipping and whatnot. And now, you know, you're seeing development. Kind of take us through what it was like when you when you started there in 2011. You know, then. it's fun to think back at almost eight years ago to an interview when I said, if we could do these four things in mm-hmm. an interview with our then director and one of our board members, we could make development happen on the riverfront. And the one thing that I thought as a private developer background person that they were was, didn't exist at the riverfront or at Richard Skabauer or at the other places that Port Authority works was that there wasn't certainty to the private developer. Mm. There was a lot of uh, thoughts of exactly what people wanted in a point in time, very precise planning, very precise visions. They were beautiful plans and literally millions of dollars had been spent getting this ground ready for development, but nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And there had to be a reason why. It just wasn't that we were in a recession at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Many economic cycles had gone and no vertical development. So I Which is unique because in all these other cities in the riverfronts, they've they've got stuff happening. And in a lot of cities... Similar cities cities like us, size-wise. Exactly. And a lot of cities that had the same dynamic that had turned their back, uh, Portland at the South Waterfront, Denver at the old rail yards. These are pieces of ground that are basically the same size as what we have here in Kansas City. And it took them a while. So we looked at those cities. We looked at those plans. And we thought we just needed to get out of the way in some aspects of the private sector. And I can remember sitting in the city manager's office and just talking about what if the Port Authority, Port KC now, but what if we just acted like a land bank instead of looking for a developer like Heinz or, or Forest City or some big national developer to come in and take the whole thing down and we'll give them the land and we'll give them tax incentive and then see what they would do. What if we just put it together? Because mm-hmm. all the pieces were there. The mm-hmm. infrastructure were there. The highway was there. The new parkway was there. We had a great piece of ground, but nothing was going on. We thought, what if we just got out of the way and sold it piece by piece like a private developer would? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. We just simply, instead of spending another million dollars planning the riverfront yet one more time, we spent $100,000 and zoned it and mm-hmm. went to work at talking to developers about developing one piece at a time. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought at the time, economic cycles usually last five to seven years. So I thought, well, we only have a few years to get one project going before we can go into the next cycle and plan how to do the next phase. Well, this thing's been low and you know, slow, and it's been mm-hmm. it really has. steady for a long time. So we're going to get more than one big project. We're going to get two or three this economic cycle. That's really exciting. But it wouldn't have happened had not, and this is the political intrigue part, at the time when I started, the mayor had not been elected yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon his election, the mayor and the city manager gave Port KC the autonomy to actually own the land. Mm. So that was a key part of Sounds what I like said it. in my interviews. If you're going to give a developer certainty, they cannot walk into City Hall 
and ask for the title to the land, ask for their entitlements like zoning and building permits, and also negotiate all of that and negotiate the price of the land and the and the what it's gonna they're gonna have to pay to get the land right all from one entity that didn't work and so what I thought from a private developer's perspective we need to bifurcate the land ownership and the land development and that negotiation from all the other things that are necessary to get a project off the ground mm, very yeah. interesting very interesting history there the website is poorkc.com uh, their partner and contributor to the Grill Nation show I want to. Quickly read off what you all do again. Port KC aims to grow the local economy through commerce, trade, and development. Um, Joe here sitting next to me, Joe Perry, leads the real estate and development activities at Berkeley Riverfront, Richards Gebauer Air Force Base, and the Isle of Capri and other leaseholds. Um, you do a lot with real estate brokers, contractors, and design professionals, and you've increased the NOI from leasing by five times uh, and then a lot of other mixed-use projects as well that are under construction on the riverfront poorkc.com is the website we're going to be back after the break with joe perry vice president of real estate and development for port kc i want to talk more about what is happening down on the riverfront downtown kansas city you're listening to real nation Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM. I'm your host, Jason Grill. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I appreciate you joining us each and every week, whether it's via the radio, via podcast, or online at GrillNationShow.com, where I will post our photos of our guests as well as more information about them. Joined today by Joe Perry, Vice President of Real Estate and Development at the Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. Great. Great, great organization here in Kansas City. Uh, do a lot of really cool things at Richards Gebauer and along the riverfront in downtown KCMO. Joe, uh, you've been around there since 2011. Uh, a lot of experience in the real estate and financial and architecture development world, all of those different things. Where are we today? I, I've been down there. Obviously, I met at your new office uh, when, when I was talking to John Stevens about joining the show. Uh, beautiful place. Thank and you. It's part of a uh, mixed-use development, is that right? That's right. Uh, so Kim Studios designed our office with just highlighting very what modern. we do. Yeah, yeah very and cool. so we got a couple of shipping containers up on on stilts as a mezzanine and a few things like that that kind of illustrate what we do mm-hmm. as a company. I think it was a great move for us to go down to the riverfront and be a part of that first building. Uh, that first building is about a half a million square feet, mm. um, including the garage space. And, and so how that relates is that's only 10% of the zoning entitlement we have for buildings on the riverfront. So it looks really big when you go down there. And it when you drive off the interstate, it looks like it's half the land. Mm. It's about 15% of the land. That's it. Okay. Because I noticed you have a lot right next to you looking out your windows. You (laughs) do. And uh, we've got contracts on two more pieces. Oh, wow. And so, you know, as I said in the first segment, we're hoping to get two big more projects in this uh, economic cycle. cycle. And so Bar K has been fantastic. 
Uh, That's the dog, uh, yes. par- dark park, potentially the adult slash dog park. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that brings a lot of momentum and people. Mm-hmm. Momentum is the key word that I like to use in talking about the riverfront. Uh, J.C. Nichols built the Country Club Plaza in about a, two economic cycles. Mm-hmm. Think about that. It's about 85 acres. It didn't look like it did today. It wasn't as dense. It's 85 acres. Okay. And the riverfront, Berkeley Riverfront, is 85 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyce Hall, when he assembled the land for Crown Center, it's 85 acres. So I think if people can get their heads around these important districts to Mm -hmm. Kansas City, we know those places. We love those places. Crown Center is still developing the original 85 acres. Now, I've seen that a lot of it's going up right now, and and there's only a few development sites left. Um, We thought we would take not as quick a view as J.C. Nichols in developing the plaza, the first iteration of that, and not as long a view as Crown Center mm-hmm. as far as how many how many decades it might take to build it. We thought it might take about 15 years. So we're about 25% of the way through the land with our first three deals. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the first buildings, uh, we're 10% through the entitlement of, of 5.1 million square feet of building. So there's still a lot of room to grow. Still a lot of room. I think what's different about the riverfront than the rest of the the downtown area. So the greater downtown area plan is the city's plan for the river to 31st Street and I-35 basically to the state line. Which is evolving. It's evolving. And that's a pretty immense. Think about the diversity of what's there. That's Hospital Hill. It's Crown Center. It's downtown. It's Crossroads. It's West Side. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, The riverfront is 85 acres like Crown Center, but it's separated from the rest of the world. It's separated by three to six railroad tracks. Six come in on the east and three live, leave on the west. So that's the south boundary. The river's the north boundary. That's a pretty hard boundary. I-3529 is the east boundary. That's a pretty hard boundary. And uh, the Heart of America Bridge and and the other railroad track that goes to across the, the uh, old ASB Bridge, that's the other west boundary. So, you know, you, you have to cross something. It's an island of land. Mm-hmm. If we had just built one thing down there, and there were a lot of plans. Oh, sure. I've right? heard about a lot, of, a lot of rumors, a lot of plans over the years. Yeah. And, and what you are we going to build on that? You could have just built the baseball stadium down mm-hmm. there. Or that, soccer at the time when uh, the sporting was Exactly. Yeah. And, or you could have built the Sprint campus. And that, that would have been one thing sitting on an island. And I'm glad a lot of those things ended up that could have been down there and might still be in the loop along a spine. I think that downtown's better that power and light isn't on the riverfront. It's down there. Now when we develop the riverfront, it's going to be connected by the streetcar. Mm-hmm. We just got our plans for the 30% design for the streetcar extension of the riverfront. Oh, wow. That's that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. So right now the, the greater downtown area plan or GDAP plan is being rewritten. And I'm sitting on that committee and – we're the well, largest. Thank God. Thank yeah. God you are. <laughs> We're the largest we, we, we landowner. Can't, we, we can't screw up any more of these plans because yeah. you know, they're written. Like I heard about one from '97. I'm just like, wow. We need to update these things. This one's 2010, I think. Right. And so it's almost 10 years old. It's almost 10 years old, but it's really important because it's the adjudicating plan. It's the plan that you have to pay attention to when you develop within it. And so, you pay attention to what's going on in other cities, thankfully. 
Oh yeah, on the riverfront. Yeah. So oh, sometimes I feel like our professionals, like yourself, I mean, you guys have to travel and see other places to see what works. I always thought about that when I was in politics. I mean, if Florida is doing something well, right. or Tennessee, why don't we bring it to Missouri and pass a bill that's if it's been effective? Like we can, right. we can all work together. We can take ideas. We can take little things and make our city a better place. We can, and and you know, just recently, uh, Marissa Womble and I went to Portland, and we looked at the South Waterfront because mm-hmm. the South Waterfront hadn't developed before the streetcar got there. It was eighty-five to ninety acres, mm-hmm. same, same thing, price. Same price. and it was owned by three different entities. A lot of it was publicly owned, and we looked at that. What can we learn from going to Portland and learning what happens when you develop? after the streetcar is there largely. And that's going to be our case mm-hmm. at, the, at the Kansas City-Berkeley Riverfront. We went and looked at the area from Union Station to the river. That was another 85 acres in Denver where it was divided by two big roadways and a rail yard and a river. Same situation, same size, and we got to see how they did that mm-hmm. in about two economic cycles in about 15 years. They did it by momentum. Their first building wasn't their biggest building, they built density. They built um, a series of activities. Uh, John Stevens and I are committed to doing what we've been doing for the last several years is putting one new big activity generator on the riverfront every year. Mm, that's great. If we keep doing that, there'll be more people that are, you know, coming down, coming down to visiting. the riverfront. Yeah. Joe Perry is with us, uh, Vice President of Development at Port KC. Port KC is growing the economy of Kansas City's Port District through transportation, global commerce, and development. The website is portkc.com. Uh, Joe, you mentioned all the things happening. Um, God, it's just exciting. You know, with, with, with you said with the streetcar, uh, with the multi-use uh, facilities down there, uh, builds, and with Barquet, um, I mean, what do you predict moving forward? I mean, I know you can't talk about what's under contract, but, you know, to get people down there, you got to be kind of unique. You also have the park, which if you haven't run through that park, it's, it's it's still large. There's still a lot of space. There's still a lot of events that go on down there, too. Um, there's still a lot of ideas happening here. Potential. There are. And you know, to have you got to be special, though, because you only have 85 acres, right? <laughs> yes, it does. And you have to be careful. One of the things that we worry about is doing too much too soon and, and, and not getting momentum in quality and in density and just selling. I, I've been accused of not having a very big vision for the riverfront, but I like to look at the projects that we have already talked about. The Country Club Plaza didn't look like the Country Club Plaza today. There were service stations with uh, doors opening to 47th Street when J.C. Nichols built it. What it looks like today is an evolution of decades and and generations. Um, I think the riverfront's the same thing. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we build this thing up so that when we sell the last piece, it is bigger and grander and more important than the first piece. And so we're going to probably do one more project about the same scale mm-hmm. as the one that is down there now. So the that's Canyon what, project. 20, 15% you said? Yeah, it's about 15% of the land and it's about 10% of the square footage that we're allowed to build. So uh, you, I, what you'll see is in one of the projects that's coming next, well, one of them is going to be a lot taller. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and with different density. uses. You're building density, right? We're building density, and we're building different kinds of activities. The rooftops definitely need to come, come first. Um, office usually comes last, you know. So if you want Although retail, all our politicians always want the office first. Oh, they, they want, want they the want, office. They, they want, want the retail yeah. first, right? That, and it doesn't work very well, you know, no. especially when you're on an island traffic. of land. 
you know. Yeah. And so we needed to build the rooftops first, just like any development. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in my background in land development, that's exactly what we did. I worked on the the re, the redo of Longview Farms, and I worked on mm. the building of something called Arbor Walk in Lee Summit, where uh, you're you're taking a raw 400 piece of ground, a 400 acre piece of ground, and you're building activity nodes to build it up. And and when we did that, you had to start somewhere, and you start with rooftops, mm-hmm. and you start with density of rooftops. With that, then everyone wants to be there, right? I think it's important, like you said, to connect the riverfront more with the streetcar to downtown and then eventually they're going to figure out those highways and whatnot within the north loop and see what they do there as far as development i think something will happen there eventually uh, as well and it'll be more of a connected downtown which is important bike ped connection to the riverfront is giant Mm -hmm. and it's almost as big an impact as the streetcar but the streetcar is the thing that will drive development but I believe that the bike ped connection that will be more direct and a lot easier to use will be the people connection. So, you know, there's there's a big opportunity for us and, and uh, a big part of, of building the streetcar, a big part of the cost is increasing the bike ped connection too. Very interesting stuff. Joe Perry, Vice President of Real Estate and Development at Port KC. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate the partnership with Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. Check it out. There's awesome videos, photos, information about projects, and more information on the website. Joe, thanks for coming in today. Oh, thank you, Jason. This is fun. It is a lot of fun. It's great to see you again. Thanks for joining us on Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break with a few more interviews. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM. And if you're listening on iTunes via podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Or if you're on the website at grillnationshow.com, thanks for joining us again today. Hope you enjoyed our first two segments today. I thought they were very interesting talking about development along the KC Riverfront in downtown Kansas City. Uh, you connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Our next guest, his name is Jared Foster. He is the founding partner of Studio Build. Their website is studiobuild.com. It's great to have you on the show, Jared. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? It's great to have you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, First off, let's talk about how we met. Uh, I was at a meeting, I believe, on a first Fridays, and you guys are located in the Crossroads, so a great location. We'll get into your office here in a second. Um, and a mutual friend of ours, Lauren Mackin, who was landscaping my uh, renovation of my backyard and my front yard, designing it. I would say hardscaping, landscaping, putting the plan together uh, the, for the last, uh, man, probably been about six months now. Uh, knows you guys and works with you guys through her, her business. And uh, she invited me over for a beer, and I got to, got to know you guys a little bit. Um, really cool offices down there in the Crossroads. Tell us about your location first. Yeah, so we're at 21st in Washington, um, kind of, I guess, the West Crossroads, as it would be termed. Um, we've been there for five years now, um, hoping to stay as long as our landlord will let us. <laughs> um, the neighborhood's changed dramatically in that five years. Um, we've got a new brewery moving in down the street, a bunch of apartments popping up around us. So It's kind of in a cool little area there that's kind of developed. Yeah, so it's 
it's interesting when we moved in, you know, there was hardly any other businesses and, and not much street presence. Um, and now first Fridays are starting to kind of creep our direction mm-hmm. and, and, and there's more street life, which is fun to be a part of. Yeah. And if, if for our listeners who are unaware, it's kind of, if you know where the freight house is, right, it's kind mm-hmm. of west of that. And it's, uh, by, uh, you know, the, uh, the brick, lofts there windows lofts right kind of in that area closer to the track the uh railroad track kind, kind of between broadway and i-35 yeah between yeah. i would and, and i i was shocked too i hadn't been there in a while just to see all of the businesses in, in that area um just compared to where it was five ten years ago yeah it's pretty awesome so you uh you founded studio build tell us about what you guys do there so we started as a residential design build company um Kind of by happenstance, uh, 2008 happened. Um, I was working as an architect at a local firm. The 2008 is the uh, economic uh, crash, the yeah. recession. So I was always doing um, construction projects on the side for extra money um, while working. And, and as the architecture world slowed down, I kind of took a break and was finishing up some side projects I had going, um, left on good terms. And the rest is history. We just kept getting projects here and there, and then I had two partners join me. True entrepreneur. You made <laughs> yeah. you made a, a lot out of nothing at one point. Yeah, I was lucky. My wife had a really good job, so there we, you go. Uh, you know, we we made it through for a few years. That's pretty cool. So you have a background, and you went to K State. You mentioned off air, mm-hmm. um, and and tell us about that. So tell us about your background. Did you grow up in Kansas City? So I grew up in Smithville, north of the river. Smithville, okay, yeah. Smithfield um, Warriors. That's right. There you go. We played uh, you in sports at St. Pius. That's right. Many years. <laughs> um, ended up at UMKC um, out of okay. high school. Uh, they have a great program that reciprocates with KSU um, on the architecture side. Mm-hmm. So started two years there and then transferred out to Manhattan. Um, spent a couple of years and finished out our architecture degrees. Um, that's where I met my two business partners, Ryan Vinny and Nate Adolph. So we all ended up back here around 2010. We had kind of a five-year. We all graduated in 05, so in 2010, we kind of all reassembled and became Studio Build, and we've done a lot of various projects since. Did you guys um, – so you, how long were you on your own at the beginning? Did, did Just you, a couple years. Okay. And you um, convinced your friends to uh, – to leave their jobs or whatever they were doing? Uh, convinced or or they were laid off and I absorbed them. I don't know, <laughs> quite know how they – it just seemed to seemed to happen kind of fluidly. And so you uh, you spent some time in Italy too, I saw. Yeah. Abroad. I did that as well. Had, and, a, great, had a great time, uh, four or five months over there, and can't wait to get back. You were actually, in Florence? Just a town uh, just south of Florence. Okay. So kind of country – Tuscan country. Okay. I, yeah. I, I lived in Italy and uh, in Rome. Yeah, for for about five months and traveled all throughout Italy. Back when I was in uh, school, I'm a little older than you. They had um, the Eurorail pass, and it was amazing how easy it was to tra- travel all throughout Italy and Europe. Yeah. But uh, I haven't been back. I don't believe since. So I need to get back too. You said you're going to go back. My my wife and I are trying to plan it for 2020. So we'll see if we. It's a great place, man. Yeah. Talk about history and architecture. That's uh, that's pretty cool. So you guys actually you're into uh, modern architecture. Yeah. How so- did that happen? So I'd always during college had liked kind of modern architecture and studied it, you know, extensively. And by happenstance came across to Drummond um, in Prairie Village when I'd just gotten out of school. 
didn't know anything about it. Um, just driving down the street, saw for sale sign and was kind of house shopping, pulled in a cul-de-sac and immediately knew it was the house for me. Um, was the second owner completely needed a complete gut renovation. So convinced my girlfriend, now wife at the time that it was a good idea, even though my dad who's in the industry and everyone else thought I was nuts. Oh, he is in the industry, your dad. Yeah, so work with him and my brother on the construction side currently. But so bought the house, started a blog since that was the thing to do back then, <laughs> um, documented the entire process, and through that and the connections I made in that kind of mid-century community here in town, really kind of spearheaded studio build um, early on. We got a ton of referral work in that kind of style of home. And we've worked on it. I mean, a ton of them now. That's kind of our our bread and butter work on a more of a modern rebuilds. Yeah. Or how does that work? So somebody calls you. You. you we'll get into your commercial work too. But you do said you do a lot of residential. So um, somebody has an. Uh, there's not many modern houses really, obviously right. in Kansas City. Percentage wise, no. Yes. Yes. It's a so, niche. so how does that work? I mean, does someone just do a tear down? Does somebody try to do it in their old house to make it? Are you talking inside outside? So there's. There's a couple different ways to do it. Um, we have people that, you know, email us all the time and they're not sure where to start or how to, how to do it. So we usually tell people to try to find a house with good bones. There are very limited kind of mid-century or modern homes in Kansas City to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them have already been rehabbed. So if you're looking for a project, it's sometimes it's easier to find a large ranch that is, you know, easier to renovate. Um, we're doing a big project now in South Prairie Village, uh, taking a very colonial house, and we ripped the roof off last week and are turning it more modern. So mm. it's kind of an interesting take from from the before and after photos should be pretty interesting to kind of get. We couldn't find that client a big modern home or a big modern ranch, so we're kind of making one out of a, a colonial um, yeah, so what, what what cities do have a lot of mid-century modern in the United States? So in the U.S., it's heavily influenced on the, the West Coast for sure. Sure, yeah. Um, but anywhere I mean, anywhere that saw growth, most big cities kind of post-World War II usually had kind of pockets of mid-century, what, what we call now mid-century moderns. Mm-hmm. They were built in the 50s and early 60s. So what is your biggest hurdle with, with growing more of these in Kansas City? Is it zoning regulations? Is it neighborhood associations? What are all the hoops you have to jump through when you want to build a uh, or remodel it into a mid-century modern? I think the biggest challenge we face right now is the the drastic increase in, in real estate pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, many of those neighborhoods that have those homes, which is you know parts of Fairway, Prairie Village, Leewood, even Mission, Roland Park, those areas have have grown in value quite a bit. So even the homes that are in really rough shape that could be rehabbed are getting torn down because it's it's more advantageous for most buyers to build a newer, more traditional home because they appraise better. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get financing, et cetera. So that's kind of our biggest hurdle. I got to tell you this. I've, I'm looking at your website, studiobuild.com. You have a uh, great page where you can click on residential and click on these projects to see photos. I mean, I have a, I bought a new house, as you know, uh, in Brookside and, uh, I got to tell you, one of these days, I do want to have a mid-century modern house. Um, I, I just think that the architecture is so cool, and, and it's exciting to see more of these growing here in the Kansas City area. Every time I see one pop up in our neighborhood, or 
you know, you mentioned all those different cities and neighborhoods before. It is kind of cool to see Kansas City is catching up as far as their uh, the creativity, I guess you would say, and, and the differences in houses. I always thought that was a cool part of a neighborhood when you have some unique uniqueness sure. to it. You're not in the suburbs. You know, you're, you've got houses that are different colors, different shapes, different sizes. And mid-century modern, obviously, is very popular right now. So you guys have definitely hit a, a, a niche for growth, correct? Sure. Very correct. Well, tell us about some of the projects. We have a minute and a half left um, that you're most proud of. I, I know you've done one in, on the summit area. Um, so, cause that, that one I've, I've gone by so many times downtown off of, uh, by West, uh, what do they call it? Westside local. West local and Bluebird Cafe over there. I've walked by it. So the project you're referencing is just north of Westside local. It was a, a bare lot that we had a client kind of contact us about designing and building a new home. That one in particular has gotten quite a bit of press. We're pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the wall street journal a few years ago and, and some various other publications, and it's probably one of our more well-known or iconic designs just because it's a super simple kind of traditional house facade. And then I'm looking at another one on 6,000 residents. How do I buy that house? How do I move into it right now? Jeez, it's beautiful. Actually, that one's on Homes Tour. Uh, April, I believe it's April so 13th. It's definitely out of my price range, the way uh, the finishes that you guys put in it, and, and it is amazing. You guys got to check out this website, studiobuild.com. I mean, just from, I mean, look, I'm looking at this wooden ceiling and I'm just like, hey, hey, Jared, that's what I want in my uh, garage bar on the wall. So we need to talk about that. Um, but anyways, check it out. Uh, we're going to be back with another segment. I want to talk about the work you guys do uh, in commercial commercial work and, and different things you all do in the community here in Kansas City. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. I'm joined by Jared Foster from Studio Bill. Back to the Grill Nation show, 980 AM, KMBZ, and on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. Appreciate you joining us today here each and every week. Exciting show. I've had a lot of fun talking to our guests, and I'm glad to bring back Jared Foster. He's the founding uh, founder of uh, Studio Build. He's the owner at Studio Build. Their website is studiobuild.com. Really cool company in the Crossroads area. Um, Jared, along with his partners, you have how many people now working for you and worth you? So at Studio Build, there's six of us plus a couple partners. Very cool office. You yeah. have actually have a, um, it, it's modern, of course, mid-century. <laughs> you have some really cool things. You have a ping pong table. You have a, uh, a tap of some sort, I know, that you had on the first Fridays that I was at. And uh, you practice what you preach. And they're, uh, they're on Instagram as well at Studio Build. If you want to see some of their designs, they are unbelievably beautiful um you guys do a lot in residential you also do a lot uh commercial talk to us about your commercial business and kind of how that's grown so our commercial business has really really grown the last three or four years we early on had a lot of residential clients and, and we kind of did an informal poll a couple years ago before an open house and we realized that something like 80 or 85 percent of our clients were all entrepreneurs um, and, and we knew that we always got along with them you know, and those were our more successful projects. We just never really sat down and said, oh, well, that's weird that every client that we've done a big project for also owns a business. So we made an effort to kind of reach out to them and let them know we could do, 
you know, more commercial space, whether it's tenant finish or whether it's, you know, simple retail display shelving, um, on up to full, we just finished a 10,000 square foot production warehouse for Christopher Elbow chocolates. So wide range of scope. We think that the main thing that we bring to the table is a, an understanding of working with entrepreneurs. We can identify problems and try to help. It's a totally different, totally different process than a residential project. Mm-hmm. Um, at the, end, at the end of the day, you know, what we need to do is, is provide a service that helps that client be successful in their business uh, along with ours. And we feel like getting in on the ground floor with some of these entrepreneurs has really helped because in our experience, if someone is, is brave enough to jump into the, the entrepreneur world, that they tend to do it on repeat every couple of years and, and have – it may not be a new idea, but it is a transition into a different, you know – type of business or a different service that they may offer. So mm-hmm. it's, it's provided a lot of work and a lot of fun for us. Yeah. You guys do a lot of fabrication as well. Yeah. So we've got an in-house full fabrication shop, which allows us to what we feel cost effectively provide custom solutions for, for clients. Yeah. So you guys kind of walk through this process. So I, I mentioned to you and, and one of the things you connected me to was a, uh, a great website I've been searching, buying old stuff from. Um, <laughs> you guys, uh, if someone comes to you like me and I said, you know, I want to build a, I don't know, like a, uh, I own a business. I need to build a, a, a cool modern work, works, uh, work share type deal that, that fits kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. You guys can do that with some of the really cool, really cool things in house that you build. Yeah. Very cool. And you're using a lot of, uh, wood, I've noticed, which is something I'm, Getting into, and I know nothing about, and uh, you're a great resource for products and what things are because there's so much stuff out there, and you see all these these modern uh, – you're seeing a lot more of it outside offices and yeah. inside coffee shops. W- what is happening with that that whole that whole craze with, with whether it's shiplap, fake wood, real wood? You know, it's just a trend, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just really a trend. It. it- it kind of caught on here in the last, I'm it, noticing it everywhere. And maybe it's like when you're doing it to your house, you start noticing more. Like if you buy a car and you're looking at cars that you want, you start seeing those cars everywhere. I'm starting right. to see this everywhere. We're, we're curious internally. It's like, well, at what point is that fad going to, you know, at what point is it going to go out of style and, yes. and then make everything look instantly dated? You know, that's the, it's always the concern. That's the concern with it, you know, with the houses or commercial, right? Yeah, and the colors, you see a lot of similar colors now. I'm, I, my house is navy, but you're seeing a lot of, of grays. A lot of grays and a lot of really dark colors, which, you know, we didn't see, you know, five years ago, certainly, you know, mm-hmm. dark. So it's your job to kind of stay ahead of the curve, right? Or, I, or, or stick to the traditional uh, things that work, right? I think it's, it's equal parts. We like to pick our spots with stuff that, that may be trendy, if you will. But staying pretty, you know, classic, and, and while it's modern, it, there's still kind of a a way to do that classically. So, so you guys do mostly inside, correct? Um, we really do just about anything from a, you know, it's truly start to finish. So mm-hmm. we may bring in some contractors um, to help with a piece or part, but our kind of our goal is to cohesively handle everything and and be be point person, if you will, for a client, whether it's a house or a, or a business. What's the process look like? So I'm a, uh, like you said, an entrepreneur who's, or a uh, person who's bought a home and says, you know what? I got a great deal on this house. I need to fix it up. I want to do something cool. I want my friends to come over and see something like this. 
which I'm showing you a picture right now from your website. I'm like, man, I wish I knew Jared about uh, a year ago because this is, uh, you know, like a cool bar slash workspace. Um, how does that process work? Do I do I just say to you, do I show you a photo and you say we can do that, or do you just come up with the ideas yourself? No, so we prefer a very collaborative process okay. um, with our clients. So we, you know, initially, typical process is we may get an email through our website or a phone, you know, a cold call. A lot of referrals. And our work is 90% referral-based. But typically we would either, you know, schedule a quick call or schedule a meeting at our office to kind of talk through project scope. Many times clients come to us before they have a house or before they even have the commercial property to understand our process, and we can kind of help guide, you know, what they're looking for, some cues to, to kind of pick up on. Mm-hmm. And then we just provide a, you know, proposal for service, and, and this is what we think, you know, we can do to help you, and this is the fee, and, and we kind of go from there. And you got a competitive advantage because you are nimble, you are kind of a boutique firm, and you can be more custom uh, and, and really offer a true um, design, build, fabricate process um, that makes every client feel like they're they're special, right? You're doing something unique. Yeah, and, and that's what makes it fun for us. It's not cookie cutter. Studio Build, again, is an architecture firm that specializes in high-end residential and boutique commercial design. They use a modified design plus build project delivery model to integrate construction costs early on in the preliminary phase and in the design process to ensure they deliver projects on time and on budget. They also offer in-house fabrication for various architectural con- components that enhance their projects their mission is to quite is quite simple. They design, they execute, and they deliver. Uh, Jared Foster is with us on the show today. Jared, we got about a minute and a half left. What are you excited about uh, in Kansas City moving forward as far as the space uh, and its development? Um, I think the the biggest thing is all the I'd say millennials moving downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a we've been approached by several that kind of have you know interesting ideas about businesses to start, and they seem to be you know, really excited to push the envelope and it's going to kind of change everything in, in our world, I feel like, and, and be fun, Yeah, you know, give us, a, 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 they certainly have a different outlook on business and, and kind of how they want to work and all of those things. So it should be fun on how it changes, you know, my work. People are getting forward. more involved in, in with unique ideas. It sounds like yeah, the old guard is kind of out of the way. And now the new guard is uh, really pushing the envelope to try to make Kansas city, uh, look, feel cooler. I, right. I like, I like, I like these things because what you guys are doing and what other companies are doing, especially in your area, are really kind of pushing the envelope. And we need to continue to push that if we're going to continue to grow as a city. I agree. And uh, congrats on all you do. Um, I'm excited to to talk with you on air about um, off air, excuse me, about products and potentially work with you at some point on some projects and. And you know, obviously, for our listeners, check out studiobuild.com. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a video. I'm also gonna uh, tweet about the business and share some photos of some of their work on my social media. Jared Foster has been our guest, owner of Studio Build. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. You're listening. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. We appreciate you joining us again this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Have a great one. We'll see you again next week. Take care.